Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a good episode. It's not a legal show. Not really, specifically. I want to talk about the surveillance state and the police state, the differences between them, the kinds of things that people don't understand or evidence. And I want to show you the kind of thing that's coming and talk about this hilarious show I saw called Deep Fake Love and how it plays into all of those things. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell them the truth. And the truth is, I used to believe in the fantasticness of the constitutional, it's constitutional conservative shit, and the freedom machine, and the Bill of Rights. And then about 25 years ago, I got the internet. In fairly short order, I started figuring out it was all a scam. A con to keep me on a tax-paying plantation. And when I figured it out, I became self-certified as a master practitioner, and I don't need constitutional conservatives anymore. I've also given myself a Lifetime Achievement Award for the fantastic work I've done on this podcast. And I like to make fun of credentials because credentials are just the way that the government controls information and so-called expertise to make sure that the only people who are considered experts are people who spew official government information. And so I like to make fun of them so that people understand the credentials are crap. And in fact, someone who's credentialed, I'm usually very suspicious of them, much more so than someone who's not credentialed. Because people who are not credentialed, they're not as biased. They can go do investigations. And they're much freer to speak honest truth than people who are credentialed and are worried they'll lose a license or certification. So, all right, let's go ahead and get the show going. So I want to make a show today. It's kind of a combination of stuff, but I think about these different issues with regards to the surveillance state and really what possible chance we have in light of how dumb and brainwashed the people are. They're so naive. They're such fools. From birth to death, they're propagandized endlessly, and it's so bad now that even very bright people, tons of them, they're just completely snowed by the entire system. And people don't understand that we already have a surveillance state. See, we're already living in a full-on surveillance state. If you watch the old movie, Enemy of the State, that movie's almost 25 years old now, that technology they were showing you that probably was decades old at that point because they never show you everything— But we're so, so far down the surveillance road and people don't get it because we don't live in a police state. And a police state is different than a surveillance state. You can have a police state like they did back in Eastern Germany and Soviet Union. And there have been other attempts at police states throughout all of history that were given. The thing is, most of those police states, they weren't nearly as effective They relied upon people snitching on each other and, you know, gathering data through actual human sources. And maybe once you had electronics, you could kind of maybe plant a camera or recorder or something. We've crossed over that way, 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 way long ago. See, now they're in everything. And now that they've driven everybody into this online world, require everything be done electronically and through an app and through the Internet some form or fashion, even if when you show up someplace in person, you have to like register or sign in or get in line via an app or some crap like that. They're requiring all of this two-point identification system, which just means that you have to put a password in. And then you also have to have your phone nearby when they send you the little code, you have to respond to it. All those things are designed to make sure that you're trackable at all times and that you're 100% locked into the system. So, 
the difference between a police state, which people constantly act like we have freedom because they haven't closed the police state down, and our surveillance state is just a micro-thin hair. And what we have right now is a full-on surveillance state. So we have a full-on surveillance state right now, and we don't have a full-on police state. And as a result, people continue to run around and imagine that we're still free because it's like, well, I can still do stuff. Okay, it's true. They haven't closed it all down yet. But the difference is that they now have electronically, for all practical purposes, everything set up. And believe me, after the next so-called crisis, whatever it might be, they're going to set up even more digital scanning types of devices at the front doors of all sorts of things. And it registers again and again, because ultimately they're simply going to bring in these central bank digital currencies that will be programmable and you won't be able to get around. That's just a bottom line. And if you look around at the current state of surveillance, every single thing is surveillance. All these little things, they have these UPC codes on them. Those things are all trackable. They can spot you, track you, identify you if you just have a tube of toothpaste with you because it's got one of those UPC codes on. And so the idea you're going to get away from this is, is fantasy. They've got the ring doorbell system they've put up. They've had people put them up everywhere. They have all these CC cameras everywhere. They have them set up for traffic. They have them set up in businesses. All these things are linked together. All anyone has to do is watch a movie and you'll see that they show you all the different things they can already do. You can't travel anywhere. You can't travel anywhere. You have to have some kind of identification. <laughs> so once you have to pay for it with a CBDC, there's not going to be any getting away from it. But as of right now, they can already track you. You have to have a passport. You have to have a driver's license. All this stuff is scanned as you drive around. Different cameras scan you, scan your license plate, scan your face. They can put it into facial recognition software. They can run that. They can figure out where you are. It's already completely there. The only difference is it's not a police state yet. We aren't in a full-on police state, but we are slowly moving there more and more and more. And the step from surveillance state to police state is really nothing. All they have to actually do is choose to start locking things down, to create crises, fake events constantly. And then you have to do it. No different than the Boston bombing when they shut the city down and went door to door. Completely and totally unconstitutional. Laughably so, but the people accept it, just like they accept everything after September 11th, just like they accept Homeland Security. This idea that they're going to have a Department of Homeland Security, this is insanity. It takes the FBI to a whole other level. CIA, all this constant surveillance. Anytime they want you, they can come get you. It's just that they don't come get you now. But how difficult is it to start layering in additional things? It's so easy now. <laughs> Imagine trying to get on a plane if you weren't kind of Jason Bourne with all these different passports and all this other miscellaneous crap. That's way beyond the reach of any human being outside of the dark agencies. Imagine trying to do it. You can't. Imagine when you have electric cars and they can just shut the uh, car off. They have that ability now with gas-powered cars. They just don't do it. But they're going to have all cars being built within the next two years or so will have to have that ability. So that the government can just step in and shut your car off, not allow it to start. <laughs> this is on top of not even a CBDC. So all you have to have is scannable stuff at stores, scannable stuff on corners, 
And then if the state cares to, they start locking it down, just like all those pictures in these 15-minute cities in China, where they have those interlocking doors like you see in subways and stuff with the metal you're supposed to revolve through them and push through them, but you can't. They just close them, and then you're trapped in there. Now there's nothing you can do. You scan your little eye, you scan your phone. Eventually, there's going to have a chip you're going to have to have. If you don't have the chip, you're not going to be able to access any of the goods and services. They're going to claim it's all private. They are already debanking people, meaning that you can't even have a bank, just like happened in Mercola. How are you going to operate if you don't have a bank? How are you going to operate if you can't even get into Microsoft? (laughs) How are you going to operate? How are you going to operate if you can't get on the Internet? How are you going to operate? How are you going to do anything? If you leave your house and they immediately scan you, how are you going to operate? I don't understand. Who's going to help you? How can they help you without being caught themselves? They won't be able to. And so all it really takes now is for them to convince the public with some so-called crises and disasters and fake events to continuously lock things down. And when I say fake events, I don't mean nothing happens. I don't mean that. See, the thing about it is people are so believing. They're so trusting. For the most part, any news event, any world event, any historical event, you have basically no actual evidence or as close to no evidence as you can get. And I've showed people with hearsay how everything you hear from the news is hearsay. Everything you get from the government and statements and from podiums from the State Department, Defense Department, intelligence services, the White House, the spokesman, the reporters, it's all hearsay. The only point I make about that is that the evidence is so bad It's so useless, it's so unreliable that it wouldn't even be permitted for a jury to hear it because it's highly prejudicial because people have a very difficult time sorting out the fact that, well, this is not in any way reliable because it feels reliable. Someone's sitting there telling you, but what they're telling you is not actual evidence. They don't have any firsthand knowledge of it. So you don't have any firsthand knowledge of it. You see some news report that there was a shooting. Okay, well... For me, the very first thing I assume is that it's completely made up. There wasn't even a shooting. There there was no shooting. It's just made up that there was some noises made and some actors, and then they bring in additional people who are all in on it, and it's a so-called drill, and you can't tell, and it's reported as real. That's the very first way it can be faked. The other way is that it can be set up and they can be an MK Ultra person and they actually do do some damage. Maybe they kill some people, maybe they wound some people. But the event was nothing like we're told in that it was the government driven behind the scenes by dark agencies. And then there's other ways they can lie about it. There's all sorts of situations where it's like, well, such and such happened to a person, a person I've never even heard before. Well, that person may not ever even existed. It can be a completely and totally contrived human being with a completely fake background that they simply put into the record. There's absolutely no way for you to know. The dark agencies have the very easy ability to do all of that. So there's a very distinct possibility that the person that it supposedly happened to, it wasn't even a real person. It was just a made-up fictional person. and Nothing actually happened and they weren't hurt. Or they can have a person they roll out there and that person is killed, but it's not in fact that person. It's a fake identity. They brought someone in there. They killed them. They just basically abused them. There's no way you could know that either. See, there's all sorts of levels of lies. Then you can have situations where things kind of happen, but the people, they're not the people you're told. Yeah, it happened to people. They're real people. Stuff happened to them, but they have a totally and completely different identity than the one that you're being given. 
That's another distinct possibility. The other one is the proudy kind of thing where it's the exact kind of person. They are the right kind of person, but you don't know really anything about them. That in fact, they have a completely separate life that's a double agent life through either criminal life that's covered up by the agency and now they're confidential informants basically, or they're full on CIA their entire time. And then again, maybe they kill them, maybe they don't. You've also got situations now where it could all just simply be CGI driven. Absolutely no way to know. No way to know. You can't tell. So the footage you see could look incredibly real. In fact, it could look exactly like the person they say, but it could simply be a deep fake. Again, you have no idea. There's no way to know. There's a show on Netflix called Deep Fake Love, and I've watched it, and it's hilarious. It came out. It was a Spanish show from Spain. And the concept of it was interesting to me. I already like these kind of reality dating types of shows anyway. I get a kick out of them. They're very dysfunctional, and the people are fantastically dysfunctional and hypocritical. They get upset when they see what their partner does, but they're doing the same thing themselves, and they make endless excuses about it, just like all these narcissists do. But this show had such a fascinating setup. The concept behind the show was that it's a typical dating show, and they bring five different couples in. And one of the couples happened to be two gay guys. That was ridiculous and stupid, but I didn't care. I wasn't going to wreck it because I liked the concept so much. They bring these five couples in. And this is a format that's similar in a lot of shows where they bring five couples in. And then they split the couples where the men are going on one side, the women go on the other side. And then they introduce singles into these households that they stay at for several weeks without any contact with their partner, except for whatever the show producers give them. All right, so you've got five couples trying to determine whether or not they should get married. They, you know, they tell us they're serious and all this stuff. Now, of course, I understand these people may not even be seriously engaged or couples or anything else, but there's so many people who follow these things and there's so many people who dig up stuff on them that you can be pretty sure that most of these people are you know, relatively legit-ish people who, you know, they want to be famous, of course, but they always know there's going to be a cash prize and they're happy to go on TV and kind of run through this scheme. So it always follows the same pattern. They go on, they split them up. But in this time, they don't split the men in one house and the women in the other house because you've got a gay one in there. They kind of split them up. I think it was three chicks in each house in that one of the chicks was the dude, the gay guy. So you basically have the men and women split up kind of two and three in each, each one of the houses. And then you have these 10 singles in there that are attractive and are supposed to be interested in them. And of course, those people are there for the same kind of reasons. So that's what you have. And then, you know, they're out partying and they're supposed to be having, you know, their own little rules between the couples, the hard lines, no kissing, no sleeping with each other. They always violate all these rules, but it doesn't matter. The concept is the same. Lots of times they show these videos videos of what your partner's doing and then it's designed to like make you question whether or not they're being loyal to you and what kind of behavior they're engaging in and it's always a highly edited piece but in this one's even funnier because they bring them in and they show them videos and for the first part they show them all five of the people they show them three videos each and they're horrible they're really bad they're like you know showing them doing stuff they shouldn't in a highly edited fashion. But what they don't know is that some of the videos are deep fakes. That's why they call it deep fake love. And after completely wrecking them mentally, thinking that their partner's out there making out with these other people and you know saying all this crazy shit that they didn't actually say, after that first night where they show it to them, then they tell them that 
some of these videos are fakes, deep fake technology that you won't be told which, and that the game is that you have to watch three of these each time you come into the room, what they call the white room, and you have to guess whether or not this is a real video or fake video. And the couple that wins at the end is the one that has the least wrong answers. In other words, can figure it out the closest to which is real and which is fake. And they win 100,000 euros. So it's a pretty good payoff for a couple of weeks and a vacation. Of course, the mental torture wasn't worth it. And so you're highly incentivized in order to be honest, that even if it's painful and it sucks, you want to guess correctly that it was real. It's something your partner might not have done. And so they've built in this high incentive to not just say, oh, fake to everything. You've got to be accurate. And so it's a very sort of demonic kind of game setup. <laughs> and the deep fake technology is such that they take basically people who look similar, similar build, similar everything. They dress them similarly, put them in the situation. They have them run through something and say stuff. And then they deep fake technology over it so that it actually puts their partner's face on it and their words. So... It's just looking at the video. There's literally no way to tell. The only thing you can guess is whether or not they would engage in that behavior. And the reason I've taken this long side route to talk about the show was, one, I thought it was so amazing and interesting and how incredibly dangerous that this type of technology is out there. And it's so easy and so simple to do that they'll put it on a game show and show it to people. But not only did this cause a tremendous amount of emotional trauma to the people involved in it, it just completely messes them up because now they have images in their mind of their partner, like getting into bed and having sex with somebody. And it's in fact not their partner doing it, but it is in fact the exact same picture. And so that's burned in their heads. God only knows how much it messed up their stuff. The thing I thought was fascinating about it is you show this stuff and it's like, okay, they can do this that easily. If the government wants to come after you, all they have to do is put a deep fake video together of you and then send it to your wife or your husband when you're supposedly uh, on vacation or on a business trip or just shoot it to them in a direct message. Hey, I thought you'd want to know from a friend. Now you get this deep fake video of you engaging in, they can make you engage in anything on this deep fake video. So now you're coming home, or you're getting a call, your girlfriend, spouse, boss, they could show it to anybody. They could show it to your clients. They could destroy you with the licensing boards. These deep fake videos can make you be doing anything. And you think you're going to be able to tell your wife, hey, that's bullshit. I wasn't doing that when it is clearly you. It is. What they're seeing is exactly the same thing they would be seeing if, in fact, it was you. You think you're going to convince them it wasn't? <laughs> How are you going to do it? You think you're going to be some kind of video forensic expert? You're going to hire and prove it to your wife, spouse, boss, <laughs> kids, you think that's going to happen? No, that's how easy it is for them to destroy anybody they care to now. And this technology has been around for a very long time. And in fact, when as soon as you allow this kind of digital evidence to come in, I've been saying it for 20 years, it's over. They can fake anything. They can fake anything. They can put you there. They can put you at the scene doing something and good luck uh, trying to do damage control on that. How are you going to do it? 
How are you going to do it? You're not going to be able to do it even in trial. It would be virtually hopeless because you're going to have an FBI person and they're going to be a technical forensic guy saying he's looked at it, it's approved, he's 25 years, he doesn't know you, doesn't know the defendant, blah, blah, blah. Do you have any reason to lie? No. You think you're going to be able to win that case? No, you're not going to be able to win this case. So a thousand times worse in your own personal life. Okay, so that's what you're already subject to right now. The only reason it doesn't happen to you is because they don't care to target you, but they already have the ability to. See, so that's already built into the system. You would have no defense against that. They show a deep fake video, you lose your rights, your social credit scores go down, your life is ruined, your credit cards get turned off, you get debanked. What are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about it? Are you going to go vote? <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. And so as they continue, both sides, to tighten the police state, and the right is the worst about the police state. They love the police, the cops, the military. They're all about the so-called terror and national security. Those are the people continuously introduced to stuff. Got Department of Homeland Security from Bush, completely unconstitutional. Get the stupid space farce from Trump. You get the ridiculous emergency order, the jab, and the military involved. Trillions in spending. (laughs) you see what I'm saying this is how simple it is see this is how close it all is there's absolutely nothing that's going to stop this if we had jury nullification we could certainly buy time there's not much they can do about it but do you see any evidence at all that the people around you are going to be reachable no because they believe all sorts of stuff so they believe all sorts of stuff because they literally have no idea what something means to be actual evidence someone telling you something That's just really just almost no evidence at all, especially if they weren't there. And even if they were there, how do they know it wasn't a hologram? How do they know it wasn't a staged event? How do they know? I saw the gunshots and I took off. You really, you saw gunshots? You saw them? You saw someone get wounded? Really? You saw that? (laughs) Have you ever seen a movie? They can fake this stuff, man. Why would they fake it? Well, because they fake this stuff all the time. They get caught faking it all the time. Same reason they faked the Gulf of Tonkin incident. They fake all sorts of stuff. You believe that stupid Charlie Headbow thing from France a couple years ago, like six, eight, ten years ago now. It was completely fake and absurd. And people go through and dissect this stuff all the time and show that it's fake. But you can't convince regular people. My point being that we already live in a full-on surveillance state. Now, it's not a full-on police state. But you have no defense against it right now, even if they come after you. None. You're never going to win. This is on top. I'm not even getting into the corrupt courts. I'm just saying as a practical matter, you're never going to be able to convince the people you know that this shit isn't real. Now, maybe a couple of my friends might believe me. Maybe. I don't know. Depends on what they showed me doing. I mean, I'm not, it's not like I'm the perfect guy, you know. It's not like I'm out there screwing people and stuff. But, you know, who knows what I might do? <laughs> this is always interesting to me. And uh, this was another, to me, interesting lesson from that deep fake love show, which was just so fascinating in that, you know, people talk about being honest with their partner all the time. Really, I wonder how many people are really honest. Really honest. They literally videotaped everything you do videotaped everything you said, and then played it for your partner? Are you telling me that if they, you played everything you said, that everything you wrote? Uh, come on. Very few people are really being so-called honest. That's why when people get so upset about these little lies people tell and they act so indignant, 
<laughs> it's just laughable. Everybody has secrets of all different kinds and sorts. It's a very rare person who's uh, really able to be honest with their partner. People all say they want honesty, but the reality is they don't really even want honesty. Because what people will really do, I look at myself and I think, well, I'm a good guy. I'm a loyal person. I'm not going to actually intentionally screw over somebody I care about. But does that mean I'm not going to do something that would hurt their feelings if they found out about it? No, it doesn't mean that. Does it mean I would never say anything that would hurt their feelings? No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that. And so here it is. My lesson that I always learned from that and the reason I'm so easygoing on people who I trust, who built up trust and showed me that, you know what, they're good people. I'm always very easy on the stuff they do that's wrong and I'm relatively forgiving for that reason because good people, okay, they do a lot of things that are very hurtful and they have a lot of secrets, That's just the truth. It doesn't mean they're a liar. It doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just doesn't. But you have to remember that. (laughs) And that's a very, very difficult lesson for most people to be able to live their life with. But the reality is that good people do things to other people that aren't very nice. They say things that aren't very nice. Uh, They do things that really kind of violate the trust. You know, and then it's just a matter of levels and then reasons and stuff like that. But people who claim to be totally honest, um, that's not true. See, I don't trust those people. I don't trust those people. And you can say, well, I am. I'm very honest. I'm not. Okay, maybe you are. Maybe you are. I've never come across a person like that. See, I've never come across a person like that. And I know myself that I don't pretend to be like that. Am I an honest person? Yes, I'm an honest person on a sliding scale. I'm a very honest person. Does that mean I'm a totally honest person? Nope. (laughs) It doesn't. It doesn't mean that. And especially if they could tell what I was thinking sometimes. I thought a lot of things that were probably very hurtful if I actually told the person. Does it mean I really mean it? Eh, I don't know. Most of the time, it's just kind of an emotional reaction. Most of the time. right? But I still have the thought. Still have the thought. So, you know, if you blurted it out, would that be bad? Yeah, that's why I'm so careful. See, the thing I don't do is I don't say a bunch of stuff that I don't mean in the heat of battle. Not with anybody I care about. I'm very, very careful because you can't pull it back. It's true. I might have a lot of bad thoughts. They may even have it coming for all the crazy shit they're saying to me. But I still don't do it. I still don't do it. Not necessarily because... Um, I think it makes me a better person, but it's really kind of a selfish interest in that the same reason I don't cheat, it's not worth it. If I say that stuff to them, the momentary benefit or good feeling or relief I get from, you know, sticking it to them, it's not worth it in the long run if I want to have a relationship with them because it does so much harm. Same with cheating. It's not worth it to me. You know, I've slept with enough different women. It's not worth it. There's no chick around who's worth me losing my reputation to that person on such a major issue like that. There's not. If I want to cheat, then I'm just going to tell them that, you know what, this isn't working for me and we need to discuss it. I'm not going to ever do something that fundamental, but I do other stuff uh, that might be less fundamental. And I'm certainly a master at slicing and dicing (laughs) <laughs> and splitting hairs and semantics and everything else. Well, you asked me the wrong question. So I gave you an answer that was an honest answer. It was a wrong question. Did you think you were asking another kind of question? Yes. Did I know you actually intended another kind of question? Yes. Did you ask it? No. Is that right? I don't know. I don't know. That's the lawyer in me. 
See, that's the lawyer in me. And I'm just fantastically skeptical of what people do and say. And I just realize that out there in the world, most people, they just have absolutely no problem at all lying. And there's huge numbers of people who entire world is lies. They just lie all the time. That's their regular system. And when caught, they tell more lies and then they blame you for supposedly snooping and discovering their lies. Then they somehow want to make it about you discovering the lies and not respecting boundaries or some shit. And I avoid those people. But I wanted to at least talk about and make a show about these issues because from what I see, this thing is closing really, really fast. Like the doors are really closing fast. We are moving at these exponential rates now. And it's only a few more kind of pieces of stuff they need to put in place. Few more scanners. They have to implement and really perfect the CBDC kind of programmability. They have to work on the people a little more. And then they have to have a few more events that they create to drive the public perception and the desire. And we're not far from it now. We're not. And I know that these types of things, they depress people. And I don't pretend for one second that it's hopeful. I don't. Um, I think people are entitled to hear the truth, at least be able to deal with the truth, no different than giving somebody a terminal prognosis. They're entitled to it. Most people can't deal with it, and that's fine. But I talk about it because this is how desperate the situation is. If we don't get some people to understand things like jury nullification, and we don't get some people to understand that the entire voting constitutional conservative scam is a trick, a controlled opposition to keep those people we need from catching on, we're screwed. And it's going to be in very, very, very short order. Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, legal man? (laughs) Well, start by voting with your pocketbook. It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now let's get back to the show. This is how desperate the situation is. If we don't get some people to understand things like jury nullification, and we don't get some people to understand that the entire voting constitutional conservative scam is a trick, a controlled opposition to keep those people we need from catching on, we're screwed. And it's going to be in very, very, very short order. We will definitely be there by their 2030 deadline. I don't have any doubt anymore we're going to reach that. That's six and a half years. That is plenty of time to get there. Plenty of time to get there. And does it mean it'll be 100% fully implemented in every way? No. But it will be so well implemented at that point that they'll be able to get a lot of different people, any kind they want. And the writing will be on the wall at that point, and there'll be almost no way to defend it. And if you just look at it, all you're talking about is 
this next presidential election cycle, which is a complete and total clown show, and then one more. <laughs> that president, that Congress, that you go down the list, they're going to be in there and people are going to be telling me about the Constitution when it's all happening. That's how soon it is. Think how recent 2020 was, that election. They're still arguing about it. We're talking about one more after this coming election. And then we're there. <laughs> it's not long, man. It's not long. And this is why I continuously tell people that I don't know how long I can make the show be on Twitter. I don't know. Because the likelihood that someone like me, I'm not going to be a high value target. They don't care about me. But I am going to be a target, just like people who listen to my show will ultimately be a target. People who believe the things we believe, they're going to be targets. And once the surveillance state begins to morph more and more and more and more by tightening the noose and ratcheting down into the police state, it's over. It's over because the surveillance state is already there. It's already completely accepted. I saw videos about these people standing in these long lines who got their eyeballs scanned in order to get some kind of world coin or some shit. Some tracking kind of crypto horse shit. You know, the people who are, you know, maybe under 35 or so, they're just all on board with this crap. They don't understand how dangerous it all is. Completely oblivious. And 70% of them don't have an inner monologue. So we're never going to reach them. They're just zombies walking around. And I want to play this clip. I wasn't sure I was going to play it, but I'm going to play it here. I think it's kind of an appropriate place to play it. And this is, uh, this is what they really think about you. And I've said it many, many times, and people never believe me. But it's true. They don't give a shit about you, and they're, they're going to get rid of us. So listen to this. This is that Yuval Noah Harari guy, the little tiny Jewish dude who speaks for the WEF. He's always saying this shit, and there's a huge amount of his clips out there, but this clip here was particularly interesting. It's not long, but listen to what he has to say. Now we see the creation of a new massive class of useless people. <laughs> As computers become better and better in more and more fields, there is a distinct possibility that computers will outperform us in most tasks, and will make humans redundant. And then the big political and economic question of the 21st century will be, what do we need humans for? Or at least, what do we need so many humans for? Do you have an answer in the book? Um, at present, the best guess we have is uh, keep them happy with drugs and computer games. <laughs> but this doesn't sound like a very appealing future. You got it. I let the entire clip play because even though he says a bunch of crazy stuff in there, it speaks for itself. This is what I've talked about for a very long time. I've told people there's all these people around. They're not going to keep you around right now. They're openly laughing and joking about drugs and computer games. Uh, they're going to sterilize you and kill you off, people. That's what's going to happen. You think that guy thinks he's not someone who should be around? Of course he does. He thinks he's a great person to be around. He's the kind of person we need around, but maybe not so much you. Maybe a lot more of him, maybe a lot less of you. That's kind of the conclusion they reach. But still, people hear that stuff and they don't believe it. They just think he's a kook or something else. They're telling you what they're going to do, people. They're setting the surveillance state up. 
They're going to kill the vast majority of people. The only real argument they've even had over the last many, many, many decades is whether or not to sterilize them and sort of do it as a humane way or just outright kill large numbers of people. And I don't know who won. I think the sterilizing people, they're certainly not necessarily winning, but they're being implemented. They're sterilizing the crap out of people. But I don't know how much clearer they can make it. It's going to be all these useless people. They already are useless people. See, they already are. Vast majority of jobs are fake. They only exist because of the fake money system. The people aren't needed. This is why they're supposedly help wanted everywhere. And does anything happen? No. And the people who are there aren't even doing anything because it takes so little production to actually provide for Uber Eats and fake food and porn and video games and drugs and alcohol. It doesn't require hardly anybody. So almost nobody has to work. You've got all these people doing these fake jobs, working for government and regulatory and marketing and selling real estate and banking. And <laughs> Go down a list. Just the vast majority of shit is fake. All these fake lawyers, they don't need it. It's fake. The jobs aren't needed. Their jobs aren't needed. And so the people aren't needed. And the only reason they aren't gone yet is all the reasons I've spoken about before. But if you don't see what's coming, you're blind. And if you don't understand how we already live in a full-on surveillance state, then you're just living in a fantasy world. And if you think the stuff you're shown in the news is true, then you're a naive human being. That's all. And these people are dangerous. The people who continue to believe the people who are ruling us are very dangerous people because it's them. The reason government is such a terrible thing and so much worse than like a mob or a mafia or supposed gangs who would be in control is that good people don't support the gangs and the mafia. The good people all support government, so-called good quotes around it, of course. That's what makes government powerful. A gang could never become that powerful. But so many so-called good people, they trust and support government to defend government. They go and fight and die for government. And they're fighting for something that's a horrible, horrible thing that is actually driving us into the grave. So there you go. I mean, (laughs) take it for what it's worth. You heard the clip. Do I have to play it again? Okay, I'll play it again. Here it is. Now we see the creation of a new massive class of useless people. (laughs) As computers become better and better in more and more fields, there is a distinct possibility that computers will outperform us in most tasks and will make humans redundant. And then the big political and economic question of the 21st century will be, what do we need humans for? Or at least, what do we need so many humans for? Do you have an answer in the book? Um, At present, the best guess we have is uh, keep them happy with drugs and computer games. (laughs) But this doesn't sound like a very appealing future. I don't know what else they need to say. (laughs) I don't know what else they need to say. That's as clear as they can make it. They're not going to come tell you that we plan to kill all of you. They're not going to. They're not going to tell you we plan to sterilize all of you and kill the remaining ones. They're not going to tell you that. The writing is on the wall for anyone who can see. This is why the choice is going to be join them, be killed yourself, or attempt in some form or fashion to defend yourself. And that's what I've tried to give people. But people just aren't interested. They just can't absorb it because it's moving so rapidly compared to what people are used to. You know, so used to the, each generation bitching about the previous generation. They think, oh, it's always been going on. It's true, but we didn't have electronics. We didn't have all this bio shit. We didn't have this nano shit. We didn't have it all. Now we do.
That's the game changer. That's the game changer. And you can read Brzezinski's book, End of an Age, from the 1960s, where he talks about it. They've been seeing this coming in the white papers from the Club of Rome and the CFR and you name it. They've written about it for a long time, but people don't educate themselves. And the people in the media are there to make sure they never catch on. So, well, that's really all I wanted to say about it. I mean, I could talk about other parts of it, but, you know, you get the point. I got to keep it in somewhat usable fashion in these different multiple points I've made. And people know where I stand. So if you want to, you can follow me. I'm Legal Man at U.S. Crime Review. Uh, For however long I'm on Twitter or making this show, thank you to the people in Patreon who continue to support me. I really appreciate it. I'll make the show for you guys uh, certainly after I stop making it public. But at this point, I don't have any plan to stop making it, but I just, I can't know at this point. And by the time the show comes out, the Jones Plantation will have already been digitally released. Hopefully people will start uh, supporting that movie, buying that movie and making that movie make some money. Because if we can get the word out on that movie and people watch it, then we'll have enough money to make more movies and maybe we can make a dent. I don't know. I really don't know. But regardless, the movie's entertaining and fun, and I hope people enjoy it. I really do. So I don't think there's anything else I care to say on this, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time for Legal Man.